Okay, hello, 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 ladies and gents, queens and kings. Um, I wanted to talk about, I think, um, verbal abuse. I wanted to really touch base on the verbal abuse of it because it's so easily overlooked as not abuse. And sometimes, um, I, I just jump right into it, huh? <laughs> Because this is something that was, like, weighing on me. Um, sometimes, a lot of times, abusers will make it seem as if to the abuse that it's not that serious. And, of course, they're not going to tell you that it's abuse. And they are definitely not, they're definitely going to minimize it. Because as long as they can do it, it kind of hands them, it kind of hands over more control to them. So as long as we allow it and we erase it out as abuse, then we're not trying to come from under the abuse. We are okay with it. Not really okay with it, but we're allowing it. Until it has the word abusive in front of it or abuse, then it's okay. Now, there's a difference between arguing and disagreeing, having a verbal argument, and somebody that's being abusive. Because I know for a fact, like, there was times in my situation where I I know how, like, I think I know how to disagree with someone. This is actually, I know how to disagree with someone, make my point, hear your point, without bashing you without putting you down without trying to make you feel less of a man or less of a woman or trying to more or less not even trying to get my point across just more or less trying to hurt you like that's my goal I don't want you to understand where I'm coming from I'm not trying to show my facts as to justify my statement I just basically want you to feel hurt and I want you and well this is happening in an abusive argument I and they want you to they want you to feel hurt and they want you to just shut up because they want you to allow them to have control and they they want us let me say us they want us to think that our word our opinion our feelings our thoughts don't matter so then they try to um, degrade you. That they try that when I don't. I really don't understand it. I just don't, I think I, abusers sometimes. I don't know why they want to take so much from you. Like I don't understand it. Like I'm not a professional, and maybe that's why. But I don't understand why they want to take from you. And. It's a saying that I've always, that I've heard, and I learned it as I got older to be very much accurate. The, um, the saying that goes, hurt people, hurt people. That's the only way, that's the only reason I could think of why they do it. Hurt people, hurt people, or also um, someone that's very insecure. And so if you are, in my case, I think I was, I've always been overly confident, confident as a child, overly confident, and 
I always thought highly of myself, loved myself, and I think that may have been too much for someone that was insecure or someone that felt like I thought too highly of myself and had to feel like they wanted to say, you're not all that, or, and it's not even, when I say I felt like I never put anyone down, I just walked with my head up. I lived in a project growing up, so when I left, when I came out my house, when I was in my house, I always walked with my chin up, like, I never walked with my head down. I always felt amazing. I always understood that my situation and my circumstances wasn't because of the fact that I was less than anybody else. It was just a struggle that I was placed into for a small period of time, and I knew that I could and I would overcome it. So I never, even with me living in the projects, I never, anybody that knew me then would tell you, like, I don't know, some people called it bougie. I didn't call it bougie. I just kind of felt like I wasn't going to be a victim of my circumstances. So I kind of always kept my head high. And I don't think that not every man or woman, or in my case, not every man can deal with a very confident, beautiful woman or person. Not everybody can deal with that. It's just they become intimidated. And I, honest to God, believe that that was my situation. That was my, that was my, the issue that I had in my relationship. And, um, like, my family made me feel beautiful. My father made me feel beautiful. My mom, my aunt, like, my cousins, like, I never had anyone, like, constantly putting me down until I got into this sick relationship and that was how it went um so and I think like a lot of times the verbal abuse is what kind of had to is what they kind of had to use in order to keep try to keep me in my place because I kind of I, I can like I don't back down and I'm not verbally abusive, but I have defended myself verbally. And I somehow, sometimes find myself, at one point I found myself doing to this person, becoming this monster. Like I would talk to this person, after this person talks to me, I would go back and forth with this person. So this person would say something disgustingly mean and nasty about me and I would come back with something disgusting and then after a while I was like I caught myself and I was like no this is not me honestly I'm like I'm not going to become who you are because that's not who I am like you are a ugly I had to sound like you are a very ugly individual and that's not who I am but me ha dealing with you, I have become like you because I have been trying to survive here. And that's how I was learning to survive, which was be mean, be nasty with your words. But that wasn't me. Like, it's not what I came from. My mother 
never ever used profanity around us. Um, there was never my mother's not confrontational. She doesn't con. She's not confrontational verbally. She'll walk away before she even engages into an argument with you. Um, she may say a couple of things, but she's not. That's not what I came from. Like that was not even how I was raised. But I, I get, it. I get it. The verbal abuse is like people don't even understand that the word calling someone a bitch, like constantly and a lot for every little thing. Like the argument doesn't even have to be that deep. It could be like, um, well, I'm at the store. I'm picking up. Let's say you ask for ice cream. I'm picking up ice cream from the store. Um, what flavor did you want? And in the mix of it, you talking to somebody else, and they be like, I'm sitting up here get, trying to get you. I'm sitting up here trying to get you ice cream, and you having a conversation with that bitch. No. The bitch word, period. Like, a woman that you love, you should not be calling her a bitch. Like, you shouldn't. That's verbally abusive. The other abusive, other abusive words are threatening or also ignoring isolation. That's verbal abuse. When you shut down and you won't talk to her or he doesn't talk to you because he doesn't like your opinion or something, or a lot of times, when you start to point out that, in my case, I was, when I, like, kind of was like, well, pull back from it and look like, wait a minute, you are abusive. And then I was at one point trying to, I saw it now, I was trying to get him to understand, like, you are doing this and you are doing that and that is abusive behavior. You don't see it. It would be like, leave me alone. I'm done talking to you. Yeah, I guess you're so perfect, and da 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 da. I'm done talking to you, and I'm like, yeah, you need help. You have, um, you are mentally unstable, and you need help. And it would be like, leave me the f alone, da 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 da. And I don't have no problem, da da da. And then it would become abusive, like you did this, and look what all you put me through. Now you start playing the guilt trip, like. And the thing about it is no matter how often or how hard you try to explain to these people that they are abusive, they either, I don't see, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in my, I don't know if they know that it's abuse. They know that it's not right. I, I guarantee you that because, for one, they wouldn't allow it to be done to them. They know that it's not right. But for some reason, they try not to admit that it's abuse because if it's abuse, then they have a problem. And they don't want to admit that they have a problem. I just think that they know what it is, but they it's out of their control. It's just like um, I had a coworker that was verbally abusive also. It was not even a coworker. It was more or less like a boss. But he was verbally abusive, and it wasn't so much. It was, it was to the staff as well because he would try to verbally verbal abuse is, is also when. And I I tell my son this um, too. Like um, you can't say that you're joking with somebody if the joke is hurting the person. You have to joking means that there's laughter afterwards, like we're laughing. But if one person is shamed 
or they're hurting because of it, because of it, then it's no longer a joke. And a lot of times abusers, they say things, and then when you respond, they kind of want to control your feelings. They tell you, oh, you're being too sensitive, or I was just joking with you. You're like the only person I know that can't take a joke. Why can't you just laugh at all? They say things like that. That's to cushion it or to justify it, and it's abuse. You can't, there's no way in hell that you can deliver a, that you can deliver a, um, a joke and somebody on the, and someone on the other end of the joke is hurting or finds it offensive or is not laughing. The person that the joke is about is really like tired of it. It's, it's not a joke anymore. It's not a joke. Um, and a lot of times abusers use that to justify the picking the taunting, it's actually a lot of bullying there, like um, the bullying where they have to control it or they walk past you with their chest out. And if you're going through like a small space, I have seen where the abuser won't move. They make you kind of move to the side a lot. Well, I have also seen, don't listen, I have seen this where the abuser is drinking, right? And I have never in my life witnessed this until I've witnessed it. Once I saw it, I was like, now I see, like, you see the demon in the person. Like, you see horns on their head, you just see it, and it's like you know that the person has snapped and went on to the other side and you really don't know who this person is. This person is just like, if you give into it, that's why it's best to get out of the situation because giving into it could mean trying to defuse it when it comes to an abuser. It could be not even not even arguing with the um, abuser. That could be like provoking it if you don't anything provokes it like if you try to um like i'm not gonna argue with you i'm gonna walk away that provokes them if you say something back like they're like you you say you or your mom or you engage and you go back and forth that's considered like um what is it, like haunting or getting involved or provoking, like, and it's really not even a provoking thing. It's like they're, they have the problem. So when they're actually under the influence, it just seems like it's even more easy to snap for them because I am not lying. I have actually looked at someone who had been drinking and saw the damn demon in them. And it's just like move out the way or leave or um, go home or, you know what I mean, like you don't want to be there in their space. And it's like anything that you do is wrong. If you're quiet, you're wrong. If you're talking back when they're saying things to you, then you're wrong. If you're defending yourself, then you're wrong. If you walk out, diffuse the situation, you're wrong. If you stay in their space, you're wrong. 
it's just like um, it's like a no-win situation. The only answer is to get help and get 